Growing up, a friend of mine had a picture in his house of Jesus playing soccer with a group of kids. And I suppose the message the picture was trying to convey was that Jesus is friendly and fun, easygoing. And maybe you think that picture sounds wonderful, or maybe you think it's corny and cringeworthy. But at the very least, whatever you might think about it, it's hard to reconcile this image of Jesus as a friendly, you know, friendly soccer-playing Jesus with the Jesus who cleanses the temple. In our gospel today, we see Jesus act in a very dramatic and unexpected manner. He makes a whip out of cords and drives out of the temple area all the money changers and merchants selling animals. He overturns tables and spills coins and yells. And when he did these things, his disciples recalled the words from Psalm 69, zeal for your house will consume me. Why does Jesus react with such intensity and violence here? It might not be as shocking as our first reading last week, the sacrifice of Isaac, but it still does cause us to pause and ask, what is going on here? You know, a very common reading of this passage is to, is to assume that Jesus reacted with intensity because the money changers were cheating people. But honestly, the gospel doesn't say that they were cheating people. And in fact, they were really performing a necessary service. For the major feasts in the ancient, uh, of ancient Judaism, upwards of one million pilgrims would come to Jerusalem. And those pilgrims would have to exchange their money. Roman coins had an image of the emperor, and it was considered idolatrous. So they had to exchange those coins in Jerusalem. And then if they wanted to participate in the ritual sacrifice, for instance, on Passover... They had to buy a one-year-old male without blemish. So it wasn't what they were doing that was a problem. It was where they were doing it. In the temple itself, the temple had these big imposing walls. And when you came into those walls, you entered what was called the courtyard of the Gentiles. This area of the temple anybody could go into to pray to God. And this is where the money changers set up their marketplace. The temple was not one holy place among many in ancient Israel. It was the holy place. That word holy, in, in the original Hebrew, it has this meaning, uh, it, it, it literally means to be set apart. So the temple was a place that was set apart for prayer and the worship of Almighty God. And when they set up this marketplace in it, the money changers profaned the temple. We don't use that word profane too much today, but we, I think we still intuitively know what it means. Let me explain. If you saw me at Walmart buying groceries, there's nothing out of the ordinary with that. But if you saw me shopping for groceries at Walmart, wearing my vestments for mass, you'd think there was something wrong, and rightly so. Or if you come by the office on a Wednesday and you see me drinking coffee, there's Nothing wrong with that. But if you saw me drinking coffee out of the chalice I use at Mass, you would think there's something really wrong with that, and you'd be right. Because I would have taken, in both those instances, sacred things, holy objects set apart exclusively for the worship of God, and treated them profanely, as if a chalice was just a coffee mug, or vestments for Mass were just like normal, everyday clothes. And this is what... 
the money changers, what the merchants do with the temple. But even still, even if we get that using a holy space for a marketplace is profaning it and wrong, wouldn't it make more sense if Jesus would, like, preach against it? Why make a whip out of cords? Why overturn tables and drive people away? And this is where the virtue of zeal comes in. Zeal is a holy impatience that comes out of an intense love of God, right? Jesus loved God so intensely that he couldn't bear to see its holiness profaned by turning it into just another marketplace, by seeing the holiness of the temple profaned in that way. That is why Jesus acted with dramatic action to purify, to cleanse the temple. We too need to be zealous. I think in the modern world we're a little bit afraid of that word zeal. Nobody wants to be called a zealot and to be fair, for zeal to be good and effective it needs to be connected to prudence and reason, right? It can't be unhinged from those. However, if we don't cultivate zeal, then the vice of sloth will grow in our hearts and souls. We need zeal because just as the temple was designed to be a holy place, a place set apart for prayer and worship of God, so too could the same things be said about our soul. In virtue of our baptism, each and every one of us are a temple of the Holy Spirit. God himself dwells within. Yet it's equally true that we are all sinners still. And when we sin, especially grievously, we are in some sense profaning the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we fall, it's as if we are allowing the money changers of sin into our hearts and souls. So we need this virtue of zeal, which impels us to cleanse the temple of our hearts and souls. And there's simply no better way to do this than the sacrament of reconciliation. When we go to confession, this is precisely what the Lord does for us. He comes and cleanses the temple of our hearts and souls, driving out the money changers of sin we have left, we have allowed in. But that still leaves open this question, right? How do we cultivate zeal? And I would say this, the season of Lent is tailor-made to help us cultivate zeal. The church tells us to, with renewed intensity, pray, fast, and give alms. And look, I'll be honest, um, if your Lent has gone like mine has. It starts out with a very ambitious plan of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, these spiritual practices which help us die to self and grow in love of God and neighbor. But as Lent goes along, that ambitious plan hits some bumps in the road. This is very common with Lenten resolutions. Maybe what we picked wasn't that realistic or prudent, or maybe it was. It's just in our human weakness, we failed to keep it. But whatever might have been the case, if your Lent hasn't been what you hoped it was, today is an opportunity to begin again, to seek to cultivate the virtue of zeal, to seek to pray, fast, and give alms with renewed intensity, so that out of love for God, we might seek to cleanse our hearts and souls and become a beautiful temple for him, so that we might be holy, set apart for God.